And hello, everybody. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to another rousing episode of Shuffology. My name is Asabi Goodman, and I am joined by the wonderful Josh Devetta. Yeah, yeah. And the sexiest <laughs> always. <laughs> Sorry about that. And the sexiest always, Gracie Mack. Yes, Miss Gracie Mack. Like, Mac, you did our riff. Mac what are you dressed doing? In I black, know. I'm like, black. Like, yeah, mm, mm, sing, I'll sing have it. you know this is the dark blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Royal Navy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you could see Gracie Mack's outfits, this is what she wears to teach in uh-huh. adults. Mm-hmm. She teaches adults. adults. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very sexy outfit. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, it's just sheer. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm. lazy sexy. Yeah. You can do anything. You can just yeah, see your it's bra. D- yeah. <laughs> She is not teaching your children. She is not around them. She has a blue card. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) today we are discussing collaboration. That's right, duets. I love it when we're cruising together. together. (laughs) It's like going to be the worst cover of a D'Angelo song ever. (laughs) So bad. It's terrible. Anyway. So that's right. We are talking boy, girl, 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 boy, boy, the whole, I guess, is that us, them, 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 they, whatever. Anyway, I mean, what is the binary? Yeah, anyway, right? Yeah. What is it? It's just people, two people singing a song together, two human beings singing a song together. That is what we're talking about I today. Mean, Unless somebody has them up there. <laughs> Does anyone feel moved? Yeah. It's, it's rousing. <laughs> It was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and we're going to find out which duets turn Josh on. Oh. Yes. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And we're back, and today we are talking <laughs> duets. And so I'm going to turn to our lovely shafologist, Josh Devetta, and Hi. ask him what duets All right. he enjoys. Let's not waste no time here nah. in the shafology lab. We're going to go straight into it. Don't go breaking my heart. Oh. I wouldn't if I tried. Yes. <laughs> oh, honey, you got whatever it is. You yes. me breathless. Baby, you're not that kind. Elton John and some girl called Kiki D. Yeah. Um, who apparently is this like British blue-eyed soul singer. Oh. I mean, are we still talk, referring to things as blue-eyed soul these days? Like, Oh, that, that can, was a thing, can, wasn't it? Can, yeah. can, uh-huh. can POC not have blue eyes if they're mixed? Like, what, yeah. what, what's going yeah. on? They sure can. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so very dated to say a white girl that sings soul. Right. I have white cousins. They so. used to call Chris, Christina Aguilera a blue-eyed soul singer as well. Yeah. Oh, did they? Okay. Yes, back in the Dizay. Anyway. <laughs> I feel she also had a song called I've Got the Music in Me. That's all I know about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know that one. I've right? got, you know, yep. I got the music yeah, in me. Yeah, that's the one. So that's, that's what yeah, she's that, just saying. That's probably so Elton 
um, and Bernie Toppin, who Torpin is, is Bernie his like longtime collaborator? I, I think, think so. Like the that's, guy, that, yeah, that's the yeah, one. That's, who, who I saw that movie, the Rocket music. Man. <laughs> I mean, sorry, writes all the lyrics. My bad. Yes, he writes yeah, all the lyrics. Yeah. yeah, but they actually wrote it under a pseudonym. Oh, under two girls, Anne Orson and Carter Cart Blanche. Blanche. <laughs> Did they? <Yeah>. Why? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> it literally just says yeah under the pseudonym pseudonyms, and they intended to be like a Motown esque sounding song. Oh. Wait a minute. I get, what was the first name again? What was it? Anne Orson. Because wow. I'm trying to hear like, is there a pun in that? Because Carte Blanche. <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah. Actually, the. Pro- We'll look into that. Yeah, anyway, sorry. <laughs> we digress. I digress. Yeah. <laughs> um, and wanted it to sound like a Marvin Gaye, Tammy Terrell sort of totally, like yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that whole thing of like white people trying to sing songs. Thank so, you. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of thing. Elton. Uh, and they actually intended it for it to be written for Dusty Springfield, which I think is hilarious. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but they withdrew the offer because he was going to record it with his wife, but his wife was too ill at the time Aww. to record. So, anyway, great, great song. Right, like mm. from the album, from the it's a it's a single. It's a, it was released as a single. Um, f- oh my god! So, <laughs> so I was reading through my lyrics. No, it went yeah, number. I was about to say somebody. No, it went number one. <laughs> yeah. And also, funnily enough, RuPaul and Elton John re-recorded it <gasps> a little a little oh while ago. Yeah. Oh my god! I totally want to hear that. Yeah, and it went number one in Iceland. <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> because the RuPaul version. Yeah, the RuPaul yeah. version. You know, RuPaul gives away so many trips to Iceland. It's not funny. Anyway. Really? Um, yeah. Now, the duet is <laughs> such a popular duet. Like, so many people do it because mm. it's just such a solid duet. Like, yeah, yeah. they've done it on The Muppet Show with, like, Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog, even. See, um, Alan Partridge has even sung it on his show. Yes. <laughs> they covered yeah. it on Glee. Um, of course. Yeah, Lee Michelle and Corey Monteith, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, they recorded it as part of their duets episode. So, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So, they decided to do that song as a duet. Um, yeah, so really, really solid song. Moving on. We've got, we've got to schedule the key. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> the next choked. one I'm choosing, and we'll, we'll do this one. One of my favorite songs of all time. Uh-oh. My love, there's only you in my life. Oh, yes. The only thing that's right. Endless love. My first love. Yeah, come in, Diana, <laughs> yes. So, I'm Lionel Richie. Gracie yes. is Diana Ross. I do not know these songs. Oh, my God. This song. I this love. No, I mean, I know the song, but I can't. Singing, I don't know. Oh, right, right. Oh, okay. My favorite part. So it's a really beautiful love song. Yes. Sort of thing. Very um, ethereal, I would say, <laughs> is, is the way that I feel when I hear it. Um, my favorite part is the um, last part where it's like, then no one can deny. And Dinah's like, this love I have inside and I give it all. I'm getting so carried good. away. Yeah, this is good. Um, yeah. Also, <laughs> Luther Vandross recorded a version of this one yes, with Mariah Carey as yes. well. And it oh. actually is on par, in my opinion, like mm-hmm. vocally. Well, Luther Vandross, of course, and oh, is Mariah pro- is stunning. Yes, so, yeah. Luther Vandross is like in his own mm. legendary. Mm. <laughs> I think of, he's passed away too. He's yeah, passed yeah, away, rest and rest um, he was um, in the closet for a very, very long time <gasps> as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I didn't know that. Um, oh, and, right. and so he used to actually um, sew gowns for Patti Labelle. No that was like one of, yeah, yeah. That's and he. Crazy. And he never came out because he was uh, until like late, like you know, late, 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 late later on. Yeah, because he because he didn't want to let his mother down. I that didn't was, even know. Yeah, so I didn't yeah, with the van. And now, now when now, now when you look you back, you just at outed the, him posthumously to me. Posthumously, but you can also <laughs> just Wikipedia it. So, yeah, okay. so, <laughs> so and that was the whole thing. And so you watch like performances, and you realize he's actually 
was so camp. Mm. Like, and I remember when like he was introducing. There's this performance of um, at Wembley Arena, and he's about to introduce Mariah Carey to, to the stage to do like the endless love duet. And he's like, and from far away, a diva landed in. And it's like, okay, you're gay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you queen. Like it was full like, oh but like God. one of the most beautiful voices in history. Yeah, right? oh, just stunning, just, stunning, 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 uh, stunning. Like if you look back at the backing vocal work that he did, like back oh. in the 70s, he was all over everything in New York. He was hustle. Like yeah. he was the hustler. Yeah, you know? he, was. he was. Um, so this song was huge. It's actually it's a quintessential duet. Like I think what I've chosen is a lot of quintessential plus one random one that you guys probably won't know. Um, but yeah, just and uh, what's the? It's just like it's just it's just a beautiful love song. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It it's it wouldn't fit into radio now, <laughs> but oh, like at I, the I time, I disagree. Yeah. Like just with with this one in particular. Like I know what you mean. Like oh, yes, if, it's kind of what if of we dated, didn't know the song? But yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like I reckon, yeah, I think there's some bits about it like that are just so sweet. Like like this right. heart, like the way that they harmonize together is so beautiful. One? I don't know. I mean, the, I guess it would be a bit of a strange. Maybe if Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande. <laughs> Maybe who knows? Yeah. All righty. Well, I'm going to move on, Sorry. and we're going to stay in this like. 80s, 70s vein, mm-hmm. and Michael Jackson did a duet um, with Saida Garrett called "I Just Can't Stop Loving You." Yes, I just can't stop loving you. <laughs> that one. Yeah. Um. So Saida Garrett is the co-writer of "Man in the Mirror." Oh. Um, yeah, so we've talked about this before where she wrote the lyrics and Glenn Ballard wrote the music. Glenn Ballard is the songwriter and producer of Jagged Little Pill, very famous. Yes. And a lot of Katy Perry's early stuff as well, that kind of stuff. And anyway, um, so this song, because, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Saida wrote the demo. So she recorded the demo for Man in the Mirror because um, Quincy Jones was looking for some type of album to complete um, you know the work they'd already done with Michael and they were looking for like it needs to be a ballad it needs to be something that's really really good and so it's the only song on the album that Michael didn't co-write on the oh, album because right. yeah. okay. people think that he wrote the song and he didn't Yeah. so this is and so anyway after hearing the demo Michael's like who is this girl she's incredible mm. and so apparently because um, she was on RuPaul's What's the Tea podcast yep. and she was saying that um, when she got the call from Michael Jackson she thought it was like her assistant like fucking around with her yeah, sure. So mm. it's like, hi, this is Michael, and she was like, shut the fuck up, and put the head, put the oh, phone down. Yeah, yeah. Gets the call again. Um, hello, this is Michael Jackson, and she was like, what? And she realized that it was real. Um. And then she, I remember she was saying, she goes to RuPaul. Now back in back before I knew who Michael, she was back before I even met Michael Jackson. She was like, Michael was my husband. I love yeah. that man. That's what I think. And yeah. um, so she, so then, so he invited her to come to the studio to learn this new song that he had written with um, Quincy. Hmm. And apparently she got to the studio and um, he like was really quiet and he was just like, just wanted to let you know that I, you have a beautiful voice like that. And Ooh. basically, but hadn't written out the music, just written lyrics basically and put it on a stand and go. You need to learn this song, <laughs> and so I'll teach it to you, yes. <laughs> sort of thing. Oh my god! And it's so beautiful because it comes in with like that, like um, fade in of the like mm. little synthy pianos, and it comes in, mm-hmm. which I think it sounds a lot like Home from the Wiz. Yes, it does. Um, yeah, because Michael ripped off people all the time, yeah. but <laughs> a different thing altogether. Um, but yeah. I just love that. I just love the chorus. I just can't stop loving you. And if I stop, I don't know. And then end it. I just can't stop loving you or shoes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So beautifully, like this is um, one of my, one of these songs. Like I remember, I worked with someone, and um, he loved this song, and he doesn't work with us anymore at my Muggle job. Mm. And I was like, I was like, can this be our song? <laughs> and so, and so we would play it like while we're cleaning iPads at the end of the day, yeah, like so. even though like we weren't actually in love, it was just our song. You're like, <laughs> go yeah. to reach for the same iPad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh my god. All right, so let's move. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Let's move forward a few years and let's get to the mid nineties because mid nineties had some lit duets. Yes. <laughs> Don't even try this bitch. Like it's yeah. really, really cool. Um so Celine Dion, I've talked about Celine Dion a lot lately, but yeah, Ooh. Celine Dion. She's worth talking about. Um R. Kelly wrote a song for her and they made it into a duet. Oh, true. Basically. Um <laughs> <laughs> Now, if you've watched Surviving R. Kelly, you'll know that I do not like this man whatsoever. No, I can't believe Celine did it anyway. Right? And it was very, like, this is like Celine's foray into R&B sort of thing. Yeah. Like, because she actually is quite a versatile singer as well. She yes. can sing multiple genres. Yes. Including opera, apparently. Yeah, she's operatic. Um, And so, <laughs> and the song, the, the chorus goes, I'll be your clown up in the sky. I'll be your shoulder when you cry. I hear your voices when you call me. I am your angel. Very, I believe I can fly, like, yeah, sort of esque, which was a huge song back mm. in the day. Um, Before yeah, and we all knew what R. Kelly liked. Yes. And I used to, like, and, like, singing Bump and Grind, like, was a staple item in my catalogue. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. I think it, yeah, it's tricky. Actually, Grace and I have performed that song together yeah. a, a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. And I love it because the whole, like, my mind is telling me no. It's, it's like, so now, I can t- now I can see why your mind's telling <laughs> you no. Yeah. Because your body is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just puts all the songs, because all of his songs were basically autobiographical as well. Yeah. And so it's like, so okay, we'll move on. Anyway, anyway. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Robert. All right. So, <laughs> but I love this song. <laughs> I'm your angel. It's just like your yeah, quintessential like mid '90s um, R&B ballad sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. You know, having a piano thing, but having like an R&B beat in the background, mm-hmm. which uh, Kelly kind of kind of brought that sound into the pop radio you know, realm, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, great song. My last one, it's a bit of an obscure choice because unless you're a true fan, you probably won't know this song, but the song's called Almost Is Never Enough. And yeah, it's by Ariana Grande and featuring a guy called Nathan Sykes who was a singer in this like short-lived UK boy band called The Wanted. Oh, yeah. I who were put them. together to try and compete with One Direction in, yeah. uh, uh, at the time. Yeah, basically. Okay. Um, but didn't have that huge global, you know, yeah. direction fever, whatever it is. Mm. Um, anyway, and so now it's really cool. It's got like, it's in, it's in a triple meter. And it's like, um, almost, almost is never enough. It's um, really, it's um. It's like her 90s ballad because her first album was very 90s driven. Yeah. yeah totally. Because it was this whole thing of like, I am new generation Mariah Carey. I'm going to belt the shit yeah. out of everything. Mm. Oh, I've got whistle register. Oh, yeah. I've got breathy vocals. Yeah, I'm going to do everything. Yeah, right, <laughs> that sort okay. of thing. Because the early on, the career was very much a homage to Mariah Carey. Totally. Like, completely, even down to like. It's ridiculous that she wouldn't admit it. It's like, <clears throat> what's wrong with admitting that that mm-hmm. was a huge influence for you? Mm. Exactly. Exactly like. right. And like the riffs were the same. Mm. <laughs> Just all, the, all that even kind the of stuff. Look? Like the so, look yeah. with the t- yeah, yeah, like the, the honey high, look with the yes. high ponytail yeah. and the mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just like and they and that, and but they're actually get they actually are, um like but imagine being Ari- Ariana Grande and you finally get to meet your idol and she's absolutely gorgeous to you. You're just like yeah. 
oh, thankfully. <laughs> but yeah. the media tried to feel like oh, Mariah, yeah, yeah, like the Mar- Mariah's mad because everyone's comparing her to Ariana Grande sort of thing. And Nick Cannon in an interview one time goes, like, the only reason why she ever got pissed off about that whole Ariana Grande thing because she's like, why is there a new Mariah Carey? Why can't she just be Mariah Carey and then there's an Ariana Grande? Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, they have, exactly. but labels always do the comparison thing to give you a shot at the market. Yes. Like when Mariah came out, they competed with Houston because there was no other singer on the charts that was singing in that overly melismatic, mm. high belt sort yeah. of way, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so, so Almost Is Never Enough, great song. And I do have one honourable mention. Oh, yes. uh, yeah, one. This, I've done really, really well with my segment. I've, you uh, have, yes. actually. Yeah, yeah. I've crushed it. So I feel like I can put <laughs> it at least uh, one. You can have yeah. three. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I'll do them really quickly. <laughs> when the mountain was high, I didn't falter. When, when the, the valley, valley was low. I still believed. Yes. yes uh, Aretha Franklin, it. George Malkin. I knew you were waiting. I knew you were waiting. <laughs> Do what? it again, ready? Okay. Five, six, seven, eight. I knew you were waiting for me. Yes. There we go. Great okay. song. Um, Beautiful. Also, um, Celine Dion and P. Ray Bryson's duet of Beauty and the Beast. Yes. I fucking conic. Just, mm-hmm. <laughs> just say. <laughs> Tennis all this time, Celine. Tennis all this time, man. <laughs> um, oh and then God. also, this is like a bit more modern, but nowhere, Jordan Sparks and Chris Brown. Um, Tell yeah, me yeah. how I'm supposed to be with no air, air. That song's lit. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. That. I remember so um, someone telling me for the video clip, there's like a bit where they're singing to each other. It's all romantic, and Chris Bennett just stand on a box. Yeah, it's because like he's quite short. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, but that was and that's how, and that's Jordan Sparks' biggest song of her career. Did they as show well. the box? Did <laughs> yeah. show the box? And in the mid 2000s, because I think it came out in 2007, that song, because she had just won Idol the year before or something like that. No, oh, Jordan and, like, Sparks. Yeah, okay, yeah. sorry, I'm like. Who? No, sorry, so 2008, <laughs> that song came out because she had won the 2007 American Idol. Yay. And she first brought out a song called Tattoo, which was like this. Yes. Yeah. And then brought out this song, and this song this went number one in Australia. Yeah, it, was it was a huge, huge song. Yeah, um, it was so, how do you expect me to live alone with just me? Because yeah. my world revolves around you, it's so hard for me. To, oh, I, I, I just know the harmony straight away. <laughs> yeah, so that's a great duet as well. And that's my choices. Beautiful, yeah, Josh. Mm. Thank you so Amazing. much. All right, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with Crazy Max Choices. Hey. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> hey. Sorry. Surprise. I'm like, who's going next? Me. Oh, hey. Yeah. Like, my goodness. Well, if you've been sitting under a rock for the past 20 minutes, you'll. I'll tell you right now, we've been talking about duets. So lots mm-hmm. of famous uh, collaborations between humans. Usually they <laughs> harmonize as well. You <laughs> Can you imagine you a duet which is just hurt. unison? <laughs> like, well, that's Bananarama. So that's banana I guess that's a yeah. trio, though. That's true. Well. Well, and so we've just heard um, my choices to the player, so I can't wait for, to listen to those. And we're now going to throw over. We're now going to throw it over. To, <laughs> we're now going to throw it over to Gracie Mack. She is going to uh, press the three dots and add to Q. That's what mm-hmm. she's going to do. Mm-hmm. If you're a Spotify user, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And we're going to make this playlist even more lit. So Gracie. What you got? Hit me. Wow. Baby, one more time. Uh, <laughs> Not a duet. Um, whenever you hit, you hit me, I always think of... Hit me! Uh, 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 oh, James yeah, yeah. Brown. What song is that? Yeah. Sex Machine? Yeah. No. Is that no, the one? No, 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 no. no. 
Um, it's like get on up. Yeah, get up, get on up. No, that's not. No, the sex machine doesn't start with hit me though. But no, it's like a like Timberland tune or something. I mean, I say I think, but can I even hit me? Oh, it's um, it's our destiny's child. Lose your breath. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah, thank you. That's exactly what I think. This pop music library sometimes in my brain. A couple of you just pull it out of thin air. He like goes through a little file. Yeah, we don't see it. And I actually saw it as like lose my breath underscore destiny shot underscore dot mp3. <laughs> That's how I saw it in my head. That's oh my so God. weird. You all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Do you have some, are you like projecting something out of your eyes? Maybe. Maybe we should do transcripts on. of my brain thoughts. That's that's dark. Yeah. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. I listen, y'all. Yeah. Back, <laughs> to, back to Grace. Back to Grace. Back to um, Grace. So I've written my five um, in the order that I thought of them in. So there's no no rhyme or reason. <laughs> oh, not the, the traditional chronological that yeah. Gracie Mack likes to do it. I do like to do that um, when I don't have like much emotional connection to the song. Like when I've just like, like, like the well, you're our talking previous these songs episode. up real well then. <laughs> well, like, like the previous episode with Diane Warren, it was all like all a new learning curve for me. So sure. I just, chronologically I made sense. It does you know? make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but with this, it was like, I love all of these songs I that I've chosen. I love these songs, yeah. Because it's, you know, it's not genre specific duets. It could be yeah. anything. And so the first one I'm starting off with is The Boy's Mind. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No one claps me in my, epi- in my segment, by the oh, way. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I was trying to be humble about it. No, no, yeah. just, <laughs> Don't be. Okay. Um, 1998 iconic oh. R&B track by Brandy and Monica. Yes. Don't need to give it up. Had it bad enough. He belongs to me. The boy is mine. That was Excuse me, can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah. <laughs> Written by, okay, this is a list of writers. LaShawn Daniels. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say this next one. J-A-P-H-E. Jaffa. Jaffa. No idea. Right, okay, cool. J-A-P-H-E, Tedger. I mean, what do you mean? <laughs> Fred Jerkins, the third. <laughs> the third. Rodney, Dark Child. Oh, this Jerkins. is a Dark, dark Child production. Dark yep. Child's huge dark in the R&B game. And Brandy. Yeah. And Brandy. Yep. And also, Brandy now calls it her song and not Monica's because she's got a co-writing credit on it. Brandy. Yeah, well, I think she You know, this was a real, like, it was kind of a real feud, right? You know? No. Oh, okay, so I'll talk. So let's though. talk about this. Let's talk the music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to jump jump in on the on the point stealer over here. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just gonna close my iPad. Yeah. I still have facts I'm anyway. Like, zip it, Josh. So zip it. so both singers released it as a lead single, both on their second album. Le- both lead singles. Yeah. Wow. Both of them, which is pretty rare, you know. Mm. But it never happens. Like yeah. Mm-mm. It's pretty strange. So well, I mean, anyway, so it was on Brandy's Never Say Never, which is the second album, and Monica's. She called the album "The Boy Is Mine." Right. Oh wow. Um. So yeah. Okay. Um. And the song was inspired by Michael Jackson's and Paul McCartney's duet in 1982, "The Girl Is Mine." Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the kind of inspo for it. Uh, now it it was started. Well, apparently Brandy was the she came up with the concept for the song and then brought it to the production team. Um, and writing team. Um, she got the inspiration while she was watching an episode of Jerry Springer. Because oh, <laughs> she was like, like this triangle situation. She got inspired by that it. That show <laughs> was huge back then too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very big. Yeah. We used to plan our class schedule around it. 
Did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, for uni. Yeah. College. College. Yes. So the song was, uh, yeah, inspired by MJ and Paul McCarts, which um, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I bet that sounds fucking terrible. I don't know why <laughs> I thought that, but I listened to it, it actually wasn't that bad. Wait, like, I thought it would be really cheesy. Had you never heard the song before? No, I hadn't. Yeah. Oh. The girl is mine. Oh, oh, I actually kind of liked it. Oh, like you never heard that no, one? the Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it was huge. The talk oh. on girl okay. is mine. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was actually kind of sweet. It's a very um, sweet song. It just yeah. made me think of that awful collaboration with um, Mick Jagger and David Bowie when they did Dancing, Dancing in the, in the Street. Streets. <laughs> it, just, it, it just made me think of that. Like, I bet it's fucking terrible. Oh. But it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh. <laughs> it's because they weren't shaking their asses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually sweet. Uh, anyway. uh, so it spent 13 mm. w- uh, the song was a number one pop hit both internationally and US for both singers the first for both singers no that's wrong mind. it spent 13 weeks <laughs> number one I was going to say it was first for Monica but not for Brandy yeah because oh, Brandy right. okay. I think Have You Ever went number one because yeah, she yeah. had her yeah. first album yeah. like, which was huge yeah. um, I spent 13 weeks at number it spent not me I didn't spend 13 weeks <laughs> you will though you will though. one you day will. one day one day yep. on the jazz day uh, <laughs> you're gonna be like know. a jazz pop crossover. <laughs> a pop crossover is a lot of hot one up. It's like we need um. Gracie Mack. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, thirteen weeks of number one. The girl is mine. The boy is mine. Oh my god, this is awful. I gotta start again. We gotta redo. Okay. Yeah. It spent thirteen weeks at number one. The boy is mine. That's the song I'm talking about. Get on board, people. Don't come at me. On the <laughs> Billboard Hot 100 and sold 2.6 million copies Huge. in its release year. Jesus. Making it the best-selling song of that year of 1998 Amazing. in the US. I was nominated for a Grammy as Record of the Year and Best R&B Song 1999 and won Best R&B Performance by a duo or group. Now, um, Brandy originally recorded the track as a solo and then listening back to it with her um, Fred Jerkins, one of the writers, um, she realised it needed something and she decided to use the um, media kind of fancy stories they were trying to create this feud between Monica and Brandy. Yeah. She started to use that to her advantage by getting her in on the song. So it's kind of like just, just like this clever business choice to capitalise on this rivalry yep. um, that didn't really seem to have any basis in fact but it's just like she's a fellow R&B teen singer very similar vein and yeah and it was a really smart decision because it was a huge fucking song yes it was massive I remember yeah. it hmm. um, yeah so I have I didn't mean read much validity to the to the feud stuff oh I think like uh, according to Monica it was supposed to be like a fabricated thing mm. but then she at one point didn't, could not tell the difference if it was actually fabricated oh or real at one point Mm -hmm. like after they did the collab no yeah so after they recorded it and then because back then it was all about media media fed stories and so all these media stories like she didn't because she couldn't tell if if they were real or fake oh right okay sort of thing because then apparently like Brandy would be cold to her she would be cold to Brandy and so it was actually Mm. like cultivating like this real almost feeling so apparently when they performed at the the MTV Awards Mm. they didn't actually even speak during rehearsal they (laughs) they actually would start out and you watch the ball they actually start out in separate corners and don't actually meet on stage together at any point they're on separate ends so they really like weird. yeah like it, it, it's a great exercise mm-hmm. stupid yeah. young bitches that's yeah. all I I'm like really well come I on. don't know that's a bit uh, harsh like they're they're being subject to like the most vitriolic yeah, awful behaviour by the media yeah. you know what I mean like I know. Yeah. it'd be pretty hard and you're but an insecure teenager yeah like, exactly oh well that's what that's what and I Brandy mean Brandy was like, so young, young when that movie came oh, when that song came yeah, out. Yeah, she was. Yeah, both of them were teenagers. Yeah. Were, she Crazy. went to the prom with Kobe. Yes, she it did, yeah. It was huge news. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kobe was just She also um, hit someone with a car and killed them. <laughs> Brandy did. What? Yeah, Brandy did. Are you did, sure? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Brandy <laughs> did, yeah. Anyways. What? I remember that. Anyway. 
Look it up. I know what's her name? Did the actress? What's the Catwoman? Michelle Pfeiffer. Halle no, Berry. no, the black one. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Yeah, that's right. It. Yeah, she hit somebody and killed them with her car. <laughs> Shit. Oh my god. So okay. Anyway, so keep going. <laughs> That's a deep dark hole to get into. Like, what celebrities She didn't even get manslaughter. Oh, my God. Okay, second on my list is going way back. 1967. Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. Yes. Ain't no mountain high enough. Yes. So good. I love this song so much. It's so beautiful and joyous. Just like that. When Josh started that, I was like, ah, here we go. Yeah, and the song was written by Nicholas Ashford and Valerie Simpson. Simpson. Yes, Ashford, Ashford and Simpson. Simpson. Yes, yep. very famous writing team for Motown. Yes. Uh, they wrote it in 1966 for the Tamla label, which at the time was not a division of Motown, but became one. Yes, yeah. Um, and this is a song that they launched themselves into Motown with. So they, um, I can't remember which song you were talking about before, Josh, but there was a song that was written for Dusty Springfield originally. Oh, it was list. Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Don't Go Breaking My Heart. So this was originally also Dusty Springfield wanted it. Right. And then they decided... <laughs> No, as well. <laughs> um, Sorry, they, Dusty. Dusty you. wanted it. She was like, this is great. And they were like, we actually want, we think this song will get us into Motown, so we're going to retract it from you. Refuse you to. Poor Dusty. I mean, she, she did fine. She was fine. Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, so, and it did. And it ended up being one of the biggest songs on the Motown label. Yeah. Um, and then from that, so for Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, they were a very famous duo. They did lots of beautiful songs together. And Ashford and Simpson wrote a bunch of those, Your Precious Love, Ain't Nothing Like the Real Thing, All I Need to Get By, yep. just all in the same, like very You're similar right. vein of like medium tempo, romantic, just like, yeah, sweet <coughs> Motown like tunes. What was that? All I Need to Get By. <laughs> Um, so anyway. the Gay Terrell version was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1999. And there's also a really awesome version by Dana Ross that was made three years later in 1970. Yes. Mm. Um, that's really good. Really but they only use the... Um it's all spoken word, so yeah, it's just like, and then it's just the yes, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but I love that version too. And also the and the sister act two version is real good. Oh, true, yes, yes. But it's basically it's the same version in terms of like arrangement, right? Essentially, yeah, yeah. Anyway, there you go. Moving on, we've got under pressure. Oh, clap. So classic. Famously, yeah, yeah. Famously sampled by Vanilla yes. Ice, which depending on your generation, yeah. which song you're gonna think it is when that bass right. starts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's released as a single in 1981, and then Queen included on their 1982 album Hot Space. And the song reached number one on the UK charts, becoming becoming the group's second number one. Before that was Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. and it was Bowie's third number one. So pretty nice. early big hit in both careers. Yes. Yeah. And the song came about partially from a jam session that Queen and Bowie had at Queen Studio in Montreux, Switzerland. Um, they had Bowie coming in to sing BVs on a track. The track was Cool Cat, but they eventually scrapped that because Bowie was, wasn't really happy with his performance. So they kind of just had a jam session and wrote this song instead. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. I know. Um, so all five members are credited with writing and arranging the song because yep. it's quite collaborative. However, there's been a lot of kind of unsure, unclear, like different interviews have said different things of who wrote what. Mm. Like um, the bass player said that Freddie Mercury wrote most of it, but they all helped with the arrangement. And like it's it's a little sort of back and forth. But um, And Mercury and Bowie themselves had like, there was a lot of butting heads 
for their personality types <laughs> and also their like creative control of the song. Yeah. Mm. I'm not um, surprised. Yeah, neither. Yeah. So in an October 2008 <laughs> interview, which is like one of the most recent that I could find about this song, Brian May, the guitarist, recalled, it was hard because you had four very precocious boys and David, who was precocious enough for all of us. <laughs> David took over the song lyrically. Looking back, it's a great song, but it should have been mixed differently. Freddie and David had a fierce battle over that. It's a significant song because of David and it's lyrical content so it seems like yeah but we wrote like nearly all the lyrics and then i guess yeah. the band was responsible for everything else so the song was met with high critical praise everyone really loved it particularly as the rest of the album hot space was seen as a bit lackluster it sort of mm. didn't do well and this is kind of the saving grace for queen um critic jack Watley wrote the two juggernauts of freddie mercury and david bowie collide here with perfect and enriching precision there you go nice moving along here we've got uh, going to 2009, Jay-Z featuring Alicia Keys. What? Yes. Empire State of Mind. Yes. Love this song. So good. Me too. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah, that awesome little piano sample is from, what's it from? It's from a 1970s song, Love on a Two-Way Street by The Moments. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm not familiar with that song. Neither but that's I. where that little that awesome piano sample was from. Originally, so it, this song was written by Angela Hunter and Janet Sewell Ulipic, I'm going to say, maybe is how you say that. Um, but they wrote the song as like this homage, as a full song, not with rap in it, mm. um, as an homage to New York, as it is. Um, and Jay-Z heard it and he kept the hook and rewrote the verses and um, and then recorded it. Mary J. Blige was originally considered. Right. For, oh, which I think okay. would have worked really well. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah. However, um, with like pian- the piano hook, I guess Jay-Z had this like vision of Alicia Keys doing yeah. it. Yeah, that yeah. kind of like, made him... Like, and the VMAs yeah. performance was sick for it as well. Yeah, it was awesome. And, and yeah. yeah, so I think that's the thing that like tipped, this, tipped the scale that there was piano and you think of piano with Alicia Keys. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, and so and every time they perform it, they perform it um, with like a big screen, which I think was a VMAs as well. Big screen of like different Pictures footage and, and yeah. stuff yeah. in New York behind them. And, yeah. she, and on her album that came out like a year later, she has like um, Empire State of Mind Part 2, which like the piano broken yeah. down one yeah yeah, yeah. Um, where it's like yeah that one went really well as what well, year like was this song again this 09. was at t- yeah 09 from his album The Blueprint okay. 3 okay yeah yeah man of Brooklyn now down in trial back at Rackers to De Niro I'll be hood forever I'm a new yeah, Sinatra yeah, yeah, and yeah. since I made it here I, I can, can make, make it anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> I know the end of yes. the yes the end of the verse cool. the song was described as an orchestral rap ballad kind of sort of works because that song was really really successful usually that's what inspired Katy Perry to write California Girls as like the reply get out oh, yeah. it doesn't live up though yeah. <laughs> I mean California oh, Girls is a great song well it's, but it's also way more successful in that song too so California Girls went number one yeah yeah, yeah it did yeah. it was huge it was no but in the long term was it is well it it's successful? A, sold, it sold like five like I think it's like five million units or something yeah, like right. that it was really really huge yeah mm. it's weird to hear that that's a it's a response though because you don't well I, don't I shouldn't like say I, sh- okay, I think I said the wrong word response oh, is right. the right okay, word yeah. <laughs> It just, is, but no, it just it inspired her to write something about California. Cause oh, the, cause right. Oh, right. And that's why she homage is saying, well, Snoop Dogg says, uh, I wish we could all be California girls because that's the Beach Boys. Yeah. Because there hadn't been any other song about California except the Beach Boys, Beach Boys California, California Girls. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get yeah. you. That makes more sense. Okay. Yeah, Sorry, I, like, I chose really bad words. And no, I no, 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 no. <laughs> 
No, yeah. that yeah, I didn't re- I didn't understand the correlation, but of course it's about California girls, yeah. West Coast and East Coast yes. situation. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay, yeah. my last one. Yes. I was struggling to find a fifth one. I don't know why I was a bit uninspired. And then I remembered this song, which I haven't heard in ages. It got so overplayed that I got really over it. But because it's been a while, I don't really mind anymore. Somebody that I used oh, to know. Boom, oh the yeah. featuring person we never mentioned on this on this podcast, <laughs> Kimbra. Wait, I think Kimbra to Wait. Gracie is what Mariah Carey is to me. Uh, yes, so yeah. like yeah. definitely in the context of this podcast. <laughs> yes, I think 100%. Um, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Wait, where's my camera sample? What would you So that, that cute little... Uh, that yeah. cute little xylophony sound, that's a sample from this guy, Louise Bonfa. His, yeah. his tune called Seville. So that's a little xylophone sample that when Gautier was writing the song, he started with that and then he added all the other layers. Yeah. Oh. And he got through like, you know, the verse and chorus and the instrumentation and everything. And then he was just like stuck. He just hit a wall and didn't really, didn't feel creatively, <laughs> didn't creatively know. know where that was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> COVID cough. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he creatively was a bit stuck, and then the only way he was seemed to be able to keep writing the song was to change the change the perspective and start writing from the female perspective. Yeah. And that was how he completed the song. And oh, Kimber okay. like sounds awesome on that track. Yeah, she, she does. does. Yeah. She's so good. Yeah, she's really great for it. So Gautier is a Belgian slash Australian singer songwriter. He lived in Brisbane know. for a minute too. Did he? I think so. Yeah, Kangaroo mm. Point. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's, yeah, I think he's originally from Victoria, so, but I yes. wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he's from Victoria. Yeah. And the song was released in 2011, as we all know, as a mm-hmm. second single from Gautier's third album, Making Mirrors. Was yeah. Hearts a Mess on the same album? Was that no, that was stuff? much earlier. Right, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so this was, Hearts a Mess is his most famous song, um, apart from this one. Yeah. Right. Um, and, like, really, I don't I don't think he was very internationally known before this song. Like, uh, he was, yeah, it was no. very, quite big in Australia. Yeah, this was a sleeping yeah. hit, as in, like, it, like, it took time. Like, because mm. I felt like by the time I got number one to America, I was like, I feel like I've heard this song for two years. Years, yeah, like, yeah, by the yeah time. but it was new. Yes, yeah, it took a while before that. And rolling in the deep, because I okay. So when <laughs> this song was huge, mm-hmm. I was in first year uni. So and we used to have this thing called platform where every Monday at midday, people in their uni bands would perform in front oh, of yeah. everyone, and then they give nice, you p- yeah. feedback on the spot. Oh, okay. Feedback on the spot is so fucking rough. We, used to, we used to have that as well. Feedback like, on oh. the spot because everyone has to watch your reaction to the feedback. Yes. Oh, like it's no. just um. Or the other thing is like, why are uni students that are in the same year as me giving me feedback? That was my. Oh, the students <laughs> gave you feedback. The students gave you oh, feedback. Yeah. No. So it's your peers. That's not that, good. You know. I mean, well, the, yeah. there was only one opinion I cared about then, well, and it was God. Yeah. No, just <laughs> <laughs> the Lord. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, and, so sorry, Kim- and also, so many people performed that song. Oh, as yeah, part yeah, of their yeah. uni thing, or Rolling in the Deep. They were like the two main songs. And Massive so by the end of 2011, I was like, if I hear fucking Rolling in the Deep, we'll go to you totally, one more time. Totally. Yeah, that's how I felt about this song yeah. too. <laughs> I still um, feel yeah. that way about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but we we're all re-listening to, to, the, to it for this. I was like, yeah, man. We've like, been refreshing, the actually. This song yeah. is so, so beautiful. And the whole, like, um, the way that the lyrics match the melody and the kind of, like, somber, nostalgic feel is, um, yeah, 
it's really great like this I it because it is like that I've had so many breakups so many breakups when um when it like or even talking about with their family or people that you had this like intense connection with that you shared all of your life with and then suddenly it's done there's nothing and it's a yep. really strange experience mm. and I really love the way that he delivers it not in a way that makes you feel really heavy and pressed either um so Kimber kind of lucked out in getting this song I have no idea who was originally planned because it just said the high profile female vocalist that was whoever was originally planned pulled Sia. out of the collaboration oh, oh, oh maybe. that's I don't a know good if that's one true, or, but I'm just or yeah. I reckon or Katie Noonan that's yeah. another one that I was thinking but as is well. she that high profile is she yeah she is, is she okay yeah, yeah. so yeah like in did. certain circles yeah um, and Katie's so voice in jazz world she's a bit of a um, Katie's not, she's not really fit. jazzy no. but, like, but she'll like, like oh, what about she's Kate Miller Heideki Kate Miller Heideki would be awesome yeah so all of these people are good guesses oh my god can we just play a game called can we guess the collaboration <laughs> I'm kind of excited. Tina Arena. Does it? Mm, nah. No. No. <laughs> no. She. Yeah. It's not her. It's I bet. I bet it's song. either Kate Miller Heideki or Katie it's Noonan. Yeah. Hi, whatever her name yeah. is. I don't know. I Katie Noonan. Kate but, um, and what was the other yeah. one you said? Sia. Those three Sia. are really. Oh, Sia yeah. would be yeah, awesome. Sia. But yeah. does Sia have the vocal range to hit? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She'll have. She'll break it's because not, that's her thing. Like, yeah. 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 It wouldn't be the same style. Yeah. But she'd be able to sing it. Sia goes for it. Yeah, she does. Yeah. In the most Which I quite like. I quite like the bravery of it. It's yes. refreshing. You just never hear it. But it is like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I fear for your voice. You I don't feel safe when I hear Sia sing. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, yes. yeah, yeah. It does make yep. sense. But anyway, whoever this person awesome. was, um, oh, they God, pulled out last yeah. minute. Rhonda Birchmore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna keep on this game. We all know the in the video clip, <laughs> in like a blue like gown about like with no, no, her, with her. You leg. know the video clip when they're naked and they get painted all <laughs> over. Yeah, like that's one up. It was Kylie. This is so specific. It's totally oh Kylie Minogue. It's Danny. It's Danny. It's Danny. Danny Minogue. Okay. Anywho, okay, all right. So the high-profile female vocalist pulled out last minute, and whoever's mixing the track, I couldn't find his name. I mean, it didn't look that hard, whatever. <laughs> I was in a rush. Uh, but he, whoever was mixing the track suggested Kimbra. Yeah. And it worked out really fucking well. I, th- I like that like that they were both up and coming and they got to, like, break America together. That's that's the yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Gotti definitely wasn't up and coming here, but, yeah, absolutely they broke America yeah, together. That yeah. song was yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, so, one number one in something really famous in Australia called the Triple J Hottest 100 yes. in 2011. Yes. It's a huge thing here for all of our international listeners. It's a um, listener poll contest. So you call in throughout the day and put in your vote or text in or whatever. Um, and it won number one because it was huge. Um, it topped the charts in the US, UK, Australia, New Zealand, as well as 22 other countries. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And that's back when iTunes, if you went number one on iTunes, it was a pretty good indicator that you were going to go number one in that country as well. Yeah. Yeah, because it was still like a physical unit or a, you know, a digital unit sale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, and, and because of all that, make it by far Gautier's most successfully commercial song. There you go. Those are my five, everyone. Oh, I love that. That was Thank amazing. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, Grace, I can't wait to uh, listen to your choices as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I guess they were as good as mine. You know, was <laughs> 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 all right, we're going to have a quick breaky break. And when we come back, we're going to hear what Sabi chose. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, stay tuned. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. <laughs> We've been talking about duets. Yes, we have. Mm. If you will, in the dance world, of which I am not allowed in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish. In my bedroom alone, you know. Yes. Kill it in front of a mirror. You're on God. toe shoes, aren't you? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> now, Asabi. Yes, lovely. We want to hear your choices. What do you got? All right. I've got five delicious choices. So, <laughs> my first one is one that might be a little obscure, although Glee did cover it, because Glee covers everything. It's Happy Days Are Here Again, Come On, Get Happy. Oh, yes. Judy and Barbara. Yes, that's right, Barbara and Judy. So now it was first aired on the 1963 bro- broadcast of the Judy Garland show. Yes. Ah. And then, it, and I don't think it was ever actually released. It was just a collaboration yes. that the two of them did together. It's really cute too. It's so, yeah. it's gorgeous. It makes my heart sing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was released on um, Barbara's album, a 1991 album called Just for the Record. That's right. And then it, it was released later, yeah. on a compilation, 2002 duets. So it, it has had some release. But this song is just for me it's iconic because it's two of my favorite singers and the way they just kind of weave these two songs together it's a mashup essentially so it's probably one of the earliest maybe one of the earliest mashups and they just they and they just sing them just over each other and so beautifully and softly because both of those singers are powerhouse singers right I mean they're big belty voices it was kind of the age of the belt and they just do it so softly and beautifully and when it comes to the middle there's like this little climax where they belt out apart together yes from now on (laughs) and then it and it's like the song comes together so if you think of like two ribbons kind of inter Asabi's doing ribbon hands yes ribbon hands ribbon hands and then just like they come together and they like rise up and then boom, they separate back again. It's just, <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. It's just a great song. So now, um, I, there's not much to know about the duet itself, but I do have a few facts about the individual songs. So Happy Days Are Here Again was originally written in 1929, and it was included on a 1930 film called Chasing Rainbows. Yeah, so it's just, you know, just a sweet little song. Get Happy is actually a 1930s Christian evangelical revivalist yes. meeting song. <laughs> get the uh-huh. yeah. come on, get, get happy. Get ready for the judgment day. Exactly. I like that bridge because get ready across the river. It's really, really good song. And so now both women have done their songs those songs individually right yeah. so um, I believe uh, Judy Garland sang Get Happy yeah she was known for it yeah, yeah. she was known for singing
singing that song. Yeah, that's yeah. And I thought she, it was her song. Yeah, and she performed it in the 1950 film um, Summerstock. Summerstock, yes. Yeah. And then continued to perform it at concerts throughout the rest of her life. And then Barbara Streisand re-recorded Happy Days Are Here Again, and that was kind of her signature song. So when the two of them came together, they just overlaid them. Yeah, and it is. And when you when you watch the video footage, like just the banter between the two yeah. of them, how they because Judy say. Garland was co- you know she was towards the end of her life like she was older and you have Barbara Streisand who's this brand new up and coming singer she's like 19 or something and just a little baby and and their skill sets are really similar oh yeah very similar um, I remember watching that video and at the beginning with the banter and they're introducing Barbara Streisand she was like I just want to let you know I hate you yes yes, I absolutely hate you because you're so good yes (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly right and and, uh, Barbara's like well I hope to be hated by as many great <laughs> singers as you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, it's so cute. It is so, so cute. So, yep, on my scale of singability, that one gets a 10. Ooh. Yes, oh. it's just mm. uh, great song. Great song. Um, like, I feel it from my chest. All right, my second tune is a another Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson collaboration called oh. Say, Say, Say. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Say, say, say mm. what you want. Yeah. And um, this was released in 1983 on McCartney's album, Pipes of Peace. Uh, I don't think Michael released it on a separate album, but McCartney did. So I love that, you know, it's just kind of, there's, it's a bit of a funky tune. It's very funky and soulful, but it is quite simple. And you've got this little harmonica that sort of plays around through it. And when I was listening to it, I didn't realize how smooth Paul McCartney's vocals are. (laughs) That he's very smooth in this tune. Like, you've got Michael in his, you know, normal falsetto, high tenor that he's singing in, and then McCartney almost matching that but just a little bit lower in tonality and it's just it's beautiful it's just a really beautiful sound and I don't know that I ever thought of Paul McCartney as having a beautiful singing voice yeah I don't think I ever have yeah no (laughs) yeah I just I mean I know he's you know a great songwriter and musician but I just never I guess I just didn't pay much attention (laughs) to Mm. what he sounded like and listen to this I was kind of like wait who's singing who's singing now and yeah and so it's it's a really great tune so now it was written and performed by McCartney and Jackson and it was Jackson's seventh top ten hit in that year so he yeah he had at least seven songs in the top ten in that particular year in 1983 Um, it went number one in the US Canada Norway Sweden and a number of different places it was the 41st biggest song of all time on Billboard's Hot 100 list so all time Mm. it's number 41 so it's up there and it's the ninth best collaboration of all time voted by Rolling Stone readers Rolling Stone readers that's that's a big deal yeah um, so just a little tidbit, something that I guess one of the things that we know as singers, that when you own the publishing rights to your song, that's when you really make money. And yes. so when Jackson was recording this song, he stayed with the with Paul McCartney's family during the recording. Mm-hmm. And that was a little tidbit of information that McCartney gave to Jackson. And so after right. that, Michael bought ATV Publishing. <laughs> So that he could own the rights to his music. It's like it's a bit of a um, different situation in Australia to America with the publishing rights. Right. Publishing rights are everything in America. Yeah. Not so much 
year. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, like a little bit, but it's not like the be all and all. Yeah, that's way. right. Because the yeah. thing is, when, when you own the publishing rights, then you make money when somebody else records your mm. song. And because that was such a huge thing to do in the U.S. Like, like we've just from the music that we look at, especially in the 60s and 70s, one person releases a song and then the next year another person covers it and then another yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's basically how these songs made money. That's how the, the owners of the publishing rights got rich, whereas the musicians did. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, Paul McCartney was like, own your publishing rights. That's true. And, yeah. also, and also, it, um, it's the copyright, it's easier to explain a copyright in Australia to musicians and how it works as well. Because, like, if you register with APRA and then, like, if you understand what a mechanical royalty is and a performance mm. royalty mm. and how you can, like, you, it's not just about 50-50, it's about, okay, well, you get 20% of that 50%. That goes, it's a, it's hard math. Yeah, but right. It's, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, but, yeah, it's, it, um, the way that APRA works, it really does, like, from what from my own experience, like it really does try to set the actual songwriters up for some type yes, of success. Yeah, they really right, okay. hard for us. It's yeah. Have you ever got a Have you got an Apple check? Yes. Oh my god, I've got that five dollars twenty nine in my yes. bank card. No, no, no. One time, um, <laughs> I, I, I can't remember, but they were kind of like the head of like the Queensland branch of Apple at the time or something yeah. like that. And he saw me at a gig. He's like, Josh, we've got an Apple check for you. He like, was like, I'll make sure to send it out to you. Like, oh, I was like, oh, oh thanks, babes. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's <laughs> I mean, amazing. it was like twenty seven dollars and ninety cents. It's it's like, always yeah, a small. Amount, yeah. but I mean, for for anyway, yeah. for me it is, and mm. for for a lot of people that, especially now, it's like like because it's like you submit your performance reports and get your yeah, um, yeah. your amount for it. And I'd always just play like one or two original songs. <laughs> it's like such a small amount of money. <laughs> <Five> anyway, <dollars. laughs> anyway, continuous. So yeah, so say say say. Um, on my scale of singability, that gets an eight. Hey. Yeah, so I enjoy singing that song. All right, now my third song. It's another boy on boy collaboration. Um, Easy Lover. Oh, boy, boy, boy. <laughs> boy Do they boy. have an OnlyFans oh, subscription yeah. as well? <laughs> 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 Phil Collins, Phil Collins yeah. and Philip Bailey. So mm. Philip Bailey from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Phil Collins, as we all know, Genesis. Um, now this was actually this was on Bailey's 1984 album Chinese Wall. And the way this song came to be, Phil Collins had been brought in to be a producer on Bailey's album. And after they'd finished recording everything, Bailey turned to Phil and he said, hey, would you be interested in writing a song with me? And that's how they came. So they sat down and they did a bit of a jam and they came up with Easy Lover. Now, this like there's lots of rock moments in this song. So you've got this beautiful electric guitar. Again, um, vocal harmonies sound amazing because it's, you know, uh, Philip Bailey and Phil Collins, which I just realized they're two Phils. Um, <laughs> Phil and Phil. Phil and Phil. And, you know, Bailey has this beautiful falsetto voice. Um, and then <laughs> they have a video for the song, but it's basically a behind-the-scenes video of a video. I don't know if there's actually a v like an, an actual official video for the song, but this is like a behind-the-scenes. So it's showing them filming a video. Right. But, yeah, I don't know. And I didn't look long enough to see if there was a proper proper video but they were like it's kind of funny that we're filming a video about filming a video oh yeah oh. <laughs> really oh. cute yeah wow. yeah um, complex tapestry right <laughs> <laughs> Mind yeah. blown! Yeah, yeah you know, 1984. Oh. Um, I love Phil Collins' wardrobe choices. 
it in the video. He's just like oh, really? really like, you know, so straight khakis with the pleats in them and a little shirt and a cardigan on top. I don't know. He just looks like a grandpa, but it's really <laughs> cute. It's, so, it's so it would have been in for the hipsters. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's totally hipster today. Because <laughs> mm. he probably would have been in his 30s, I think. His late 20s. Or yeah, mid-30s maybe. When he did this. Anyway, so now this song was co-written by Bailey and Collins and Nathan East, who is a jazz R&B bass player and probably one of the most recorded bass players in music history. Um, uh, It went number one in Canada, Ireland, the Netherlands, and the UK, number two in the US, held back by foreigners, I Want to Know What Love Is. Oh, my song. That that song was prolific, so I'm like, okay, yeah, I understand that. And then it won the MTV VMA for Best Overall Performance in a Video, and it was nominated for Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals Mm. in 1986 for the Grammys. Um, On my scale of singability, it gives a nine. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's a great song. All right, now my next tune, I was a little shook when I was reading some information about it because I'm like, I have this CD. How come this song isn't on it? But as I researched it, so it's As by, originally by Stevie Wonder. Yep. But uh, Mary J. Blige and George Michael did a duet cover of it back in 1999. And it was supposed to have appeared on George Michael's Ladies and Gentlemen, The Best of George Michael album, which I have a copy of because huge George Michael fan. And when I read that, I was like, wait a minute. Because I didn't know that this duet existed until maybe four or five years ago. And I was like, how come it was never released anywhere? I didn't know that. And I found out as I read on the reason it was never it was never released in the U.S. because at the time George Michael had been booked for um, he was caught committing a lewd act in a bathroom in the U.S. So he was sucking someone's dick. Pretty much. <laughs> Can I say that? I know we're explicit now. Yeah, we are explicit. <laughs> Thank you, Gracie Funny Mack. What's <laughs> <laughs> true? We are explicit. So yeah, so he he was because of this conviction. Uh, the head of Mary J. Blige's production company basically wanted nothing to do with him and so refused to allow the song to appear on George Michael's album or he refused to allow the song to be released in the U.S. and they tried to talk him out of it everybody was pissed off um, They Mary went to him and tried to get it put onto her album he was like nah it's not going to be released in Jeez. the U.S. at all and so he completely blocked it being released in the U.S. and it's a beautiful fucking song it's so it, like the way they've done it is so beautiful just the way they've interwoven the vocals with each other and and the lyrics are stunning had Tommy, like, had Tommy yeah, Mottola signed him in, in a, like his American stuff yet I don't know right yeah I don't think so right I don't think so because yeah Tommy Mottola actually like kind of like steered his career for America at that one point as well right okay yeah. okay anyway sorry random fact but so. anyway the, the song itself is just it's just beautiful like lyrically it's stunning so um, it implies that the it implies that the love of it implies that the love the singer has for his partner will never diminish, and he says that his love for her will will last until it is physically until the physically impossible becomes true. If that makes sense, that's gorgeous. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's really lovely. Poetry. It is. Yeah. yeah. And so like the impossible things are like rainbows burning the stars out of the sky, oceans covering the tops of mountains, dolphins flying, parrots living at sea. So it's 
<laughs> you know, and it, I mean, it's just when you hear it, it ugh, I just I love the I love the sound of it. It's just a beautiful song. The words are beautiful. Um, Stevie is a fucking genius. Um, thank you for writing beautiful thank music. You, Stevie. <laughs> love Same you. Least. Yes. So um, it went to number two on the UK R&B charts and number four on the UK singles charts. And then it's been covered like by the, the song. The George Michael. Yeah, the George version. Michael. Oh. And yeah, the George Michael. And yeah, because the original only got to, I think, number one on the U.S. Hot 100, like 41, sorry. Only number one. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah right. In 1976. So it was, okay. yeah, so it was released in 1976 on Stevie's Songs in the Key of Life album. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I mean, it's just a beautiful metaphysical song. Um, and it's been com- covered by a number of musicians, including Sister Sledge and the USC Sirens, which is my old singing group. Including Isabel yes. Acapella, my singing group. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's Stevie Wonder yeah. Melody is just so awesome. Yeah, oh, they're so good. He's just, he's another prolific artist. Mm. Um, and so on the scale of singability, this one gets a 10. Yes. Still my little happy dance. Yeah. All right, now I've got one last beautiful duet, which is, and this is, to me, this is an iconic duet. Like, everybody knows this one. I've had the time of my life by <laughs> Bill Medley and Jennifer Warren. Somebody's preoccupied. Now we all know this tune from the 1987 film Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. Like it was the theme of Dirty Dancing, even though musically it doesn't quite fit the era of the movie, but whatever. Um, it's a great, I love this. This whole song just kind of incites joy and love. It's got great vocal harmonies. They're kind of woven around each other and it starts as this like beautiful ballad in the opening, you know, where he's like, now I <laughs> had the time of my life. And then they just start him with this like salsa-esque rhythm that kind of comes in and it's like, yeah, and you're boogieing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's, it's like the 80s sax solo that's in there. Like yeah. it's just... It's everything. The song rocks, and it's so happy, and it's so much fun. And like, whenever we perform it, or whenever we hear it, everybody sings it. Everybody knows the song. It's just a pure happy song. So now, this song won both the Academy and Golden Globe awards for best original song, and it won a Grammy for best pop song by duo or group with vocals. Um, what else can I say? That's it's just a great freaking song. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it gets a ten on my scale of singability. Hell's yeah! And that's it. That's all I got. That beautiful Thank, Thank you so much. You're welcome. I mean, those are all our duet songs, guys. What did you think? Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I would have liked to have had someone mention Islands in the Stream by Dolly Parton. Okay, so I do I have some. I do have some. Do you not like that song? Mentions. Yeah, not really. <laughs> I, find it, I find it a bit naff. Really? Well, yeah. that was one of my honorable mentions. <laughs> uh, we don't have to talk about it. No, anyway, it's not, not a flop. About it. Like, not. No. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's just but not it's, my thing. It's old. It's a very old song. I and it's just, it's kind of silly. That's so like, silly. Like, we used to make fun of. Anyway, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> we had some crude jokes when I was a kid about what Islands in the Stream meant. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Couple of other so many different <laughs> ways of that, couldn't you? Right, mm. oh. lying in a bathtub, Dolly Parton. Yeah. Anyway, um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> you got you, it. Yeah, you, okay, okay, okay. Uh, so some other honorable mentions. It's a jolly holiday with Mary, which is Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke from oh Mary God. Poppins. Mary Poppins. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. I love it. I almost chose that as one of my songs. But I was it's like, almost not yeah. a duet because there's those penguins that sing too. That's true. The penguins, <laughs> they have a, they, yeah, they have a little, yeah, it's such a great movie. And then Reunited by Peaches and Herb, which is a really good. Reunited and it feels so good. Oh, yeah, I do know that yeah. one. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Okay, Amazing. so now I'm done. Okay, I'm done. all right. Well, stay tuned, everyone. We got something good for you coming up. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sponsored ad. So, <gasps> thank you. Now, we've had a great playlist. We've had some fun. This uh. beat is sick. We want to take the ride on the disco sticks. Uh. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, we've got to talk about um, duets that we don't like. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's our favorite segment of the week, which is. It's, it's a, a flop. flop. All right, so the good with the bad, the yin and the yang. That's all I have to say the about that. The in and the out. Yeah, the in and the out. <laughs> the up and the down. Uh, the, the up and the down. We, we're we going to add one... Uh, we're each going to add a duet that we don't like mm. very much into the playlist as well. So we'll start off with, uh, with Asabi. Yes, my duet is Stuck With You, Justin Bieber and Ariana yeah. Grande. <laughs> How did we know that a Justin Bieber song was going to get chosen? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know one existed, and then when I thought, I was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, stop, oh my God. (laughs) I can't, like, I was like, I can't get away. It's, I'm, I'm really hating this whole um, trap wholesome, thing. Oh, no, I don't mind trap, but this this whole, like, wholesome, um, I'm just here for you, girl, Justin Bieber shit. That That's he's not doing. wholesome. It's I mean, nasty. No, like, he's going for this this angle uh, of, oh. like, I'm your man. When he's talking husband, about, I'm going to make your curl. He actually your always used curl. to sing about that when he was a kid, but it was, like, cute. And then he went like, through, yeah. And, but I, still his best stuff. Besides, well, I love like boyfriend, like when it was getting a bit more sexier. Yeah. And as long as you love me, and um, yeah, that one was alright. Oh no, that's but the, the the lit song was like, is it too late now to say sorry? Yeah, yeah that's I mean, I've not never too been bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do agree that was kind of a good, um, yeah. or at least his his better era. But yeah, like that song, Holy, I want to, I hate that it just brought <laughs> out so bad, just because of how like it just has this um this insincerity about it that I'm like, stop yes. trying to push this so intensely. I feel anyway, like, it's yeah. your flop, not mine. That's true. <laughs> And yeah. also, I feel like no. I feel like he has a lot of yes people around him. That's what I feel like yeah. that too. because he's releasing music that's so subpar. But mm. people around him are like, yeah, it's good, man. This is gonna like change, he's, he's change the world. Usher, isn't he? Like Usher is who, who we have he to was. early was day. That's early, ago. early days. Yeah, okay. yeah when he, when he, that's when he was like thirteen. Yeah, when he, no, when oh, he was God. busking in the street as a kid, like that yeah, like, sort okay. of thing. Yeah, like yeah. when he was actually like genuinely talented at eleven years old, riffing the house down playing yeah. guitar. Like that was. I think Usher should go to jail for unleashing. Crap on. <laughs> so Gracie, what did you chosen uh, for? 
Um, well, I've chosen a song that I listened to the first line. I was like, oh, that's my flop. <laughs> it's called Marvin Gaye. Oh, yeah. It's by Charlie Puth and Megan Trainor. Oh, yeah, a it's a terrible it's song. Awful. Charlie Puth is really talented. Really Let's get like it Charlie on Puth. like Marvin Gaye. Isn't that what he says? Yeah. yeah. Like oh, God. Let's Marvin Gaye and get it on. That was yeah, the first time I was like, like ugh, flop. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, cool. Terrible don't like it. Don't like him. Don't yeah, like he's him. super talented, but he's just like, I just don't get the best vibes from him. Yeah. I don't like his face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like the, what's that song? I know because of my, because of my, one of my students was singing it. Uh, I'm only one call away. I'll be there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That song. And in the video, could be sitting at a piano. <laughs> And his face is so like douchebaggy. I don't know what oh it God. is. Like it's not as funny. It looks like that, but I don't like him. It's his parents. <laughs> his parents. Yeah. He just be has jailed. this like, <laughs> like you can't see me. I mean, it's a podcast. What am I doing? Yeah. Why am I miming it? But he like we yeah, can see you. And you we can, understand. Good. good. <laughs> yeah. That was a localized joke for yes. three yes. of us. Yeah. I laughed. Oh we, oh, we laughed. Oh, we did laugh. Now Joshua. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got a full name. Plan? I'm serious. Name. Is, yeah. that, is that your full name? You're in name? trouble. Joshua, yeah. 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 Um, so I'm going to get killed for this, but I actually cannot stand <laughs> you're the one that I want from Greece. Oh, oh no, that's I was fine. so close no, that's to putting that on my list. Same. Like, I was very close It's just well. not for me. It never has mm. been for me, to be quite bloody yeah, honest. Yeah, I think it was definitely for me at some point, yeah. Like, Olivia Newton-John sounds really good in it. I will, I'll mm-hmm. give it that. But, like, John Travolta is not a singer to me. Like, no. No, I agree Sort that. of thing. They and, should have dubbed him. And I know that, like, <laughs> and I know that it's such an iconic movie musical sort yeah. of uh, thing. There's only one good song from that movie, though. Boom. Grease. Boom. Boom. Grease. Oh, that's a good song, too. Oh, oh no, that's no, a good song. No, I think there's nah. a couple of good songs. I like Hopelessly Devoted. I was thought, I thought you were going to say I think that's, like, the worst song. And I sing in a nighty, uh, in a nighty, in a nightgown. Do you? Uh, <laughs> w- like, imagine myself looking at myself in like a. Ref- can we, yeah, can yeah. we do that during the Christmas show? Like, what with Christmas? a fake oh, mirror? <laughs> what do you mean, what Christmas <laughs> show? <laughs> no, like a mirror, like it's, you know, like it's the audience can see you, but it's pretend, like you're pretending you're looking uh, through a mirror. You I know, always, they do it on RuPaul. All yeah, the time, I, I, I would imagine like doing that to like Christina Aguilera's Beautiful. Like, I'm playing oh, like, yeah, every yeah. day. Start off acapella. So wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> like, the lipstick gets all over your face. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so it's just, it's not my song. Sorry to all the white people out there that love this song. Like, I know it's your jam. I know that like uh, at, at, a, at a sports bar. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> where this song will come on and y'all will get up. Does this come on at a sports You're like, bar? Dudes yeah. pop their collars. Pop their collars and shit. <laughs> um, or it's also a karaoke duet classic as yeah, well. Yeah, it is a classic. Yeah. Uh, actually, I've recently never. when I went to a karaoke restaurant, this song was definitely sung. Really? Like, it's just some yeah, of pe- course. I mean, yeah. it's like a like yeah, I, can, I get it. It's timeless. I've but never. But it's just like it's just not for me. Never for me. have I. I but also, I've, but also, like I remember yeah. seeing Greece and enjoying it, but never like mm. people are passionate about that movie. Like yeah, they are. Like they get re- like if you, like don't speak ill of John Travolta. Yeah. Do you remember when it was re-released for its like 25th anniversary? Yes, or whatever, I do. In 1998. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I went with my acapella group, and oh, yeah. like everybody in the theater was singing along. Like my favorite song from Greece is "Beauty School Dropout." Yeah, that's a good one. But Billy Porter singing it. Yes, like that's. <laughs> The shit I'm for me. Like, <laughs> so I'm gonna look that oh, up. Oh, well, well, when, when, the, when the air. F- well, yeah, when we're uh, done, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Alrighty, well, that is the end of this episode. That's it. A folks. short but sweet episode, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. 
Thank you for coming to the lab with us. My name is Josh Devetta. We've got Asabi Goodman. Hey, We've hey. had Gracie Mack. <laughs> we've actually nearly finished our season, guys. We're so close. Which is, yeah, we're so, so we're going to finish it, um, episode, we're going to do 30 episodes this season with Asabi. Oh, are we? Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, from what we're, we're, <laughs> Asabi's like, I'll just record it without y'all. No, like, no, <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. All not right, and I'm then, um, but yeah, so we've, thank you so much for supporting the podcast every single week. Yeah. Um, and listening in. We love hearing from you all. I love getting the text messages from my friends, like one of my really, really close friends he does like a play by play like oh I love that song too and actually I'll tell a little cute anecdote before we go is that um I my, my friend who loves this podcast he's really really passionate shout out to Brendan. Brendan um he I had a recording project with Asabi a couple of weeks ago and he was like gagged that he got to meet Asabi <laughs> from, from the Shuffology podcast he was like the yeah the Asabi yeah. <laughs> actually oh, I'm, uh, Asabi is a part of a project that I'm doing at the end of the year and people are gagging that Asabi's in it. Like, really? People, people love Asabi. Like, I totally do. I thought I was an icon. No, it's, it's Asabi. I like, remember like once we were, I was at a gig of yours, Asabi, and friends came up to me and I was like talking to you and then I walked away and they were like, you know Asabi? Yeah, literally. No Can you introduce? Is it, oh my God, yeah. no. The drummer that's in my show this year is like, I didn't know that you had Asabi. I'm like so keen for this gig now. Oh I'm like, say so Asabi good. one more time. So good. Yeah, say yeah. one more time and you're out. Yeah, yeah exactly. I am blushing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, have a great week, everyone, and we will Thanks, see you everyone. soon for another episode of Shuffology. Thanks for listening. Hello. I hope you enjoyed, slash are enjoying, slash will enjoy whatever podcast I'm in right now. Once you're finished with it, why not pop on over to Broadway and Other Kiwi Dreams, a podcast exploring the lives and minds of theatre practitioners in and around the New Zealand performing arts industry. Join me, James Shearer, in a deep dive into what makes this industry tick. You'll hear conversations with some of the top names in the Aotearoa performing arts scene and beyond, from the up-and-coming to the big Shorty Street stars. So, if you're into the performing arts, come on over to Broadway and other Kiwi dreams. Because no two journeys are the same, and wherever you are in yours, I hope we can inspire you to soldier on and keep following your Kiwi dreams. Uh, that's not kind of Productions podcast.